What's going on? Welcome to the Pound for Pound podcast. I'm your host, LB. Thank you for joining me here today, Wednesday, September 14th, a few days after Washington Commanders' first ever victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Upcoming now, we have the Detroit Lions in our Week 2 game. It's going to be on Sunday, 1 o'clock in Detroit. And on today's episode, we're going to recap that, recap the Jacksonville game, go into some points and some key you know, terms of victory for the Lions game, and cover some injuries that are going on right now, missing some key guys, and we, and talk about some of the losses we suffered during that Jacksonville game. So thank you for joining the show today, and enjoy. Everything we need is in this room. Everybody in this room we need. We have a trade, another trade in the NFL. The Indianapolis Colts have agreed to trade Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders. Washington Commanders select Jahan Dotson. Heineke on the slant for McLaurin. He takes the hit. This is the Pound for Pound Podcast. What's up, Washington fans? Welcome to the Pound for Pound podcast. I'm your host, LB. Thank you for joining me here today. Like I said earlier, a couple days after the Jacksonville Jaguars game, and it was a great game. Uh, I was in attendance at the game. I went with my girlfriend, and it was, you know, an amazing atmosphere. It's probably the the most Commanders fans I've seen at a game in a while. The attendance was roughly 55,000, I think, was what the numbers were. Uh, it didn't really seem like that. It was that many. Um, I've been to a couple games, and there have been, you know, I've been at, a, I think, last night, last year's Monday night game. There was less people. The game I went to was uh, that Monday night game against Seattle, and I think there was less people there. It was freezing that day, so it makes sense, but... Uh, this game, it was the energy was really good, and it just felt really lively. A lot of Commanders jerseys, not that many Jaguars jerseys, and I think that's a big reason for it. You know, there was you know, Jacksonville fans don't really travel that well, and I think it was a good a good way to start off the season. We got to fully experience what the Carson Wentz you know roller coaster is going to be this season, and I think from Jump Street, it's been that he's gonna make some throws. And he's going to miss some throws and make some mistakes. But at the end of the game, you're still going to be staring and still staring at the other team and having a chance to win. And that's what I think is the biggest thing that Carson Wentz gives us. He's just going to give us a chance to win. And his ceiling is is just way higher than any other quarterback we've had. And let's just get right into the Jacksonville game. Washington takes the win. It was a nail-biter. Almost gave me a heart attack. 28-22. to it, early on in this game, it seemed like Washington was going to run away with it, you know, looking like they were about to be able to put up maybe 30-plus points on these guys. And the offense came out right off the you know first two drives of the game, jumping. Offense looked really dynamic. A lot of guys were touching the ball throughout the whole game. And I think that's one of the, emph- the emphasis that Scott Turner and this offense have is that they want to get a lot of these guys involved every game and get multiple people with the ball in their hands. And that's going to be the the mantra and the and the motto going forward is getting these guys the ball. And Carson Wentz not really so much relying on his decision making and his defensive reading ability, but more so delivering good balls to these playmakers so that they can make plays. And we saw that a lot, especially in the first two drives. Every receiver was involved in this game. And I think where Washington started to run into some problems was in the middle of the game, around the second, third quarter, when our offense really started to coast and we weren't really moving the ball. We weren't really getting any points on the board. And it was kind of frustrating to see. And Carson Wentz missed some throws. He threw the two interceptions. I think that one of those was 
completely his fault. He was late on that out route, and you can't do that in this league. If you're late on an out route, these corners are going to make you pay, and they're going to jump that ball every time. So you really need to make sure that you let you get that ball out there on time right when that receiver makes the break because if you don't, it's going to get picked off, and that's what happened uh, this week. And that second interception, you know, when when the screen didn't materialize the way that it should have and it was really cluttered in there, I think Carson should have just thrown that ball straight into the turf and, and taken his loss there and then, you know, with the incomplete pass instead of what ultimately happened was Trayvon Walker making an incredible play, re- going veering back into the, into the you know, the little crumble of, uh, of people, the crowd of, of bodies, and just reading the play with and that's all instinct. We ran similar plays to that throughout the throughout the whole game, with these you know dudes in the backfield leaking out, making getting screens, getting quick passes, and Trayvon Walker just made a great play. You know, ha- you know, hats off. You know, you got to tip your cap to a a player making an incredible play, an incredible player making an incredible play. Um, but aside from that, the four touchdown passes, 313 yards, and he, he honestly, Carson, that, that is, was not pressured that much. He really took care of the ball um, in terms, I'm sorry, <laughs> the two interceptions, but uh, he didn't fumble the ball, and he had some couple scrambles where he, you know, held onto the ball when he, you know, went to the ground, and he was only sacked one time, so he the offensive line kept him upright, and you know, there was question marks with this offensive line. We're missing our, you know, our starting right guard, you know, quote unquote, throughout the whole training camp. Basically, we hadn't seen this guy since the end of July, and he had to get meaningful snaps this game simply because Wes Schweitzer, the backup who's been getting all the reps at center, all the reps at guard for these guys that when they're in and out of the lineup, got the got the start. Uh, and Trey Turner eventually had to go in because there was an injury to Wes Schweitzer. So they ended up getting about uh, Trey Turner ended up getting about like 50 snaps, and Wes Schweitzer started the game and was out of there after about 20. So I think that was the plan. Trey Turner was healthy enough to go, but I just think that the the staff was more comfortable with Wes Schweitzer in as he was taking all the reps, and Trey Turner was you know maybe not in the best football shape. He ultimately played really well, and the offensive line played played solid throughout the game. And protecting Carson was, you know, a big key of this game. You know, their Jacksonville's defensive line was probably their strongest suit on their strongest unit on defense, and we were able to hold them off for most of the game. Uh, the running game, Antonio Gibson got to start. Obviously, the whole situation with Brian Robinson is still developing, and he's still recovering from that. So. Antonio Gibson got the start, and we should see him be the starter for the next at least four weeks, right? Um, but there was a report today, right, Wednesday, September 14th, that Brian Robinson is already doing drills again, which is just incredible. I mean, you love to see, and I just cannot wait for him to be back in our lineup because let me tell y'all, when he gets into our lineup, we're going to be a tough team to stop. We're already down, you know, him, and now we're also down Cole Turner, who's going to be a, a massive contributor in the red zone, I, I believe. And we're missing those two guys on offense. And when those when those guys come back, hopefully we're we're even more dynamic than we already were. Uh, the running game, like I was saying, Gibson got the start. 14 carries for 58 yards. Nothing crazy, but he averaged four pop, which is what you want to see at least four. Uh, Curtis Samuel got some carries. They were moving him around all over the place, lining him up in the backfield, the slot, putting him on jet sweeps. It was 
it's something that we knew that he's capable of and what they've been wanting to do all you know all last year and even this year they wanted to input it for sure and that's why Curtis Samuel is going to be very important Jaden McKissick got some carries Jaden McKissick made some plays and that's a big thing I want to talk about is how I at pretty much every key contributor on on our offense made a play and you know just you know going down the list Gibson made Met really a lot of plays. He made that sideline grab in the early in the game to set up the Curtis Samuel touchdown when he got that uh, catch. When he that play design also was just phenomenal. I think it was McKissick and Gibson in the backfield, and it looks like it's gonna be like a a handoff to McKissick, but Gibson kind of you know leaks out of the out of the pocket and runs an out route towards the sideline and then just makes a, a beautiful catch. Carson Wentz delivers it off the play action, and it just looked super solid. Uh, like I was saying, they were really mixing it up, and this is what I was trying to say, that the preseason it wasn't really – they were really not showing anything at all. They really wanted to be vanilla, hide what they were, their true plans were, and now they let it all out. Maybe this is just the beginning. Who knows? Or maybe this is the max we're going to get, but – I think this is just the beginning. Um, we go to the receivers, the receiving department. Gibson actually led the way with in terms of yards and catches with, with I'm sorry, in terms of yards. He had seven catches for 72 yards. So, I mean, Gibson just went went off in the in terms of just overall yards. I mean, he had over 120 yards of total offense. What is it, 130 yards of total offense, I believe, or is it 40, 140? Point is, is that he had, you know, uh, 21 touches for over 130 yards like that's just insane that's really good and that's what we want out of him and I just think he's going to be even more efficient when when uh, Brian Robinson comes back we may end up seeing him be uh, you know a good 12 13 yards a touch and maybe he's only getting five or six touches a game but that's going to be 60 70 yards every single game that we're going to get out of him Terry McLaurin had the touchdown. He didn't have the targets or the receptions, but when we needed a play and we needed a spark, Terry McLaurin was your guy. Curtis Samuel, I mean, he was probably the star of the first half. Aside from the fumble, I don't even want to really, you know, you know, harp on him too much, get on top of him too much because of the fumble. I mean, it happens, right? But, and I just want to say, I know at the game, as soon as, you know, the ball was on the, was on the ground, I'm I'm pretty sure I heard like so many fans are so mad saying it was Gibson and I was like please don't be Gibson like I need him I need him in the right mental space because um if he fumbles now that's gonna deter his mental really bad and his fan base was gonna turn on him but it turned out to be Curtis and look I can't I can't even be that mad it was a big momentum changing play though if we were to have lost this game that would have been one of the moments where we would have been like that's where the game changed so I don't want to dismiss it completely but. It's just something that we need to clean up and work on. Curtis Samuel looked dynamic. He was making dudes miss left and right. It was insane. I think the last on the last juke where he juked that dude out of his cleat, the dude lost his helmet when he juked him out. Uh, the stadium was electric, and I want to go back to that. Like the stadium, you know, was really loud, and there wasn't a ton of Jaguars fans, and it was super, super refreshing to see that. I feel like the fan base is, is reinvigorated, and. Man, there's an ice cream truck going by, but whatever. We're just going to keep going. Uh, even if the ice cream truck, if you guys hear the music, just kind of ignore it. But the the offense was super dynamic, and the fan base was, like, it was really buzzing in there. And I just really hope that Washington can go out and win this game against Detroit because I really feel like that's going to set up probably one of the biggest games over the first half of our schedule. 
and probably one of the the only team that against the Eagles, right? The Eagles are I feel like now are the only really threat for us to try to win this division now with the injury to Dak Prescott, which I'm gonna talk about at the end. But the point is is that we have a shot. If we can go out and beat this Detroit team, I feel like this Detroit team, the only real threat for us to start to take a loss in the next four four weeks is gonna be that Eagles game. But one week at a time, we gotta beat this this Detroit team. And our defense, oh before I finish, get to the defense. Um, how about Jahan Dotson? I mean, before we get past the receivers, Jahan Dotson, what an NFL debut! Two touchdowns, the game-winning score. He got that first, the second touchdown of the game, on a on a beautiful pass in the back of the end zone, corralled it in. And I don't know if not a lot of people are talking about this, but when he caught the ball, you can just know he's like has those instincts of a of a veteran receiver. Got that ball, tucked it immediately, got his feet down. If you look at it, he just catches the ball, tucks it as soon as he catches it. Doesn't even give the defender a chance to even swat the ball out before he touches the ground. Gets both feet in and gets the gets his score. What a debut for him. And, you know, he even was got some play out some handoffs out of the backfield when they did that, you know, really trickery like jet sweep. All, like two jet sweep passes all the way around, trying to do like an end around. He got, you know, lo- that was a loss of 10 yards, but it just goes to show you how creative they're trying to get, and they're trying to really, you know, get these defenses on their toes and be really unpredictable. So Logan Thomas was also really good. Logan Thomas also made a play. Uh, he set up that he had to play before Terry McLaurin had the touchdown. So, you know, it was a good welcome back. It was a sight for sore eyes to see, you know, Logan Thomas back out there who rarely played last year, only six games. So we're really hoping Logan Thomas can stay healthy this season because he's going to really lead this tight end group who I believe is going to be special this year. Probably going to be one of the unsung position groups of this season if the season turns out the way I think it's going to go. Uh, the kicking department, uh, Joey Sly. Only co- he made both his extra points. Um, kick returning, D- Dax Milne looked really good. Uh, he looked he had some wiggle, was kind of shifty. Uh, I think for the time being, until Brian Robinson comes back, Milne will ha- Milne will handle the return duties for both punting and kickoffs until we can put Gibson back there when Robinson comes back. And then on defense, so that's kind of where I feel like we were weakest this this game was defense. Look. We really pressured Trevor Lawrence the entire game. We only sacked him twice, but we were in his in his grill the whole game. He got hit probably 10 times, and we were speeding up his processing. That's exactly what we wanted to see from this defense. We wanted them to be aggressive, get after him, especially this defensive line. And the problem was is that on the back end, we weren't covering, and dudes were wide open, and Jacksonville was kind of shooting themselves in the foot. You look. You look at some of the missed opportunities they had. There was a, a drop by Zay Jones in the end zone on third down, and, and on fourth down, Travis Etienne dropped the ball too. So those are two plays that Jacksonville, you know, gifted us that they failed to convert on. And look, it's our it's our job to make the plays when they present themselves, and control what we can control. They didn't make the play. I'm not gonna complain about it because if it was the other way around, they would have been saying the same thing. I'm not gonna complain about it. So. I'm just, I'm happy that you know those plays happen, but it's just something that we need to be aware of. Also, we had um, there was plays where they left points on the board, and in terms when um, right before half they moved the ball down the field and then you know got into field goal range and their kicker missed it. So that right there is ten points that they left off the board. They missed. A, they went for a two point conversion and failed to failed to get that one too. That's you know 
uh, more points that they left on the board. So in the grand scheme of things, there were points left on the board, but that's what bad teams do. Bad teams leave points on the board, off the board, and that's what Jacksonville is. And when you're the number one overall pick back-to-back years, they're going to make mistakes and that are going to cost them. So I'm glad that we were on the good the good side of you know those bad plays and not the other way around. Um, yeah, and you know there was guys that stepped up. You know Derek Forrest started for Cam Curl this game and he looked phenomenal. I mean I think he's sure he has fully committed and for sure is going to be the Buffalo nickel that third safety. Off the bench, 100%. Maybe what is going to be Percy Butler, but Percy Butler played like three snaps. So it's 100% going to be Derek Forrest, and he was making plays. He had he forced a fumble that went out of bounds, unfortunately. He had the game-winning interception, was just all over the ball. And just like, I remember just being at the game, just being like, like Defoe was making plays, and every time I was like looking up, he was, he was near the ball, and he was playing with instinct. He looked really good. So super happy that... He got he made the most out of his opportunity. Uh, Bobby McCain got injured a little bit, um, was able to get back into the game, so nothing to worry about there. So as of now, Kendall Fuller, William Jackson, they they did leave some room for plays. You know, um, Kendall Fuller had a I think he had a pass interference, and he got a beat for a, a touchdown. I think um, there were some plays where you know he could have made him, but it's just you know he where he got cooked up. But it is what it is. You don't, you know, that's why he's the number two corner. You know, he's going to be inconsistent. And I just feel like William Jackson's the more consistent corner. That's why he's our number one. And Kendall Fuller, though, is still making plays. And he's probably one of the smartest guys we got on our team. So I'm not really too, you know, concerned as of right now. But when we start going against these more, you know, top-tier offenses, you know, and there's not many on the schedule, believe me. It's not that many on the schedule. But when we start going against teams that have weapons, Kendall Fuller's going to need to step up. And our third corner, Benjamin St. Juice, he was playing in the slot. He, I didn't really mention his name that much, so which is a good thing. You know, he played really well, made some tackles too. Uh, he had four tackles. So our linebacking core, just just like what we thought it was going to be, Cole Holcomb and Jamie Davis the whole game. We played nickel essentially the whole game. Um, Jamie Davis was near the ball making plays too. And there was some plays where they literally had him covering like Christian Kirk, which is crazy. So they're literally treating this Buffalo nickel as a, as a corner. Like if it's a linebacker in that spot, you're going to be covering receivers. Oh, well. And you know, Jamin Davis has the speed to keep up with these guys. But when you're asking him to cover, you know, a shifty guy who's running routes, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. So that's one thing that I noticed. And then our defensive line, I think shined even without Chase Young and, even in the game, losing our young player, Fedarian Mathis, unfortunately, who's going to be out for the entire season. Uh, we're getting to that in a second. But we had guys step in. James Smith-Williams, Casey Tuhill, uh Daniel Wise all played a lot this game. And it's good to see that these young players were able to contribute. And we're going to need these guys moving forward, especially now losing Fedarian Mathis and Chase Young still on the mend waiting to come back. So that was, you know, in general what happened in the game. Like I said, it was it was loud. It was a good atmosphere, and it was a, a great vibe at the stadium. I watched the game back on on TV, like the replay of the game, and it looked, it sounded loud. You know, I saw a lot of red jerseys on the broadcast. So, you know, hopefully this next home game against the Eagles is going to be even more loud, more red, more burgundy, more white jerseys in the stands, and we can, you know, go out with another win. So 
that's going to recap that Jags game. It was a look, you got to beat these teams. You got to beat Jacksonville, you got to beat Detroit, you got to beat Houston, you got to beat these teams. And they're not they're not going to be the, you know, the best competition and you know the the talking heads, the media, they're going to dismiss this win, but what I saw and they're going to, you know, talk about the Carson Wentz interceptions, but from what I saw, I saw a team with resilience. I saw a team with with the ded- with, you know, dedication and we're able to overcome the, the the adversity. So, look, Carson wants those back-to-back interceptions on two plays. You know, in the past, we would have folded up like some lawn chairs. You know what I mean? But now we were able to, to make, make a play, you know, make plays when they needed to be made. We're, you know, the momentum had swung completely to Jacksonville's way, and we were able to, to muster it together, get and band together behind Carson, and Carson made some plays. I mean... He threw that pass of McLaurin on the sideline where I was. Man, that the stadium exploded when that pass was made. And, you know, maybe last season, Heineke doesn't take that ball and lead McLaurin. McLaurin has to fight back to the ball and then beat out a corner on a jump ball because the ball is underthrown. That ball was thrown in stride right where he needed to be. So I just think that it was that Carson made the throws and he missed some throws. And that's just how it's going to be. And I'm going to tell you guys right now that there's not going to be no improvement from this. There's no fixing mechanics or adjusting. This is who Carson Wentz is. We're going to, he's going to have some plays. We're going to pick, we're going to be like, wow, how did you miss that? Wide open. The first play of the game, he missed Jahan Dotson wide open. He missed, he missed Logan Thomas wide open. He missed Dax Milne wide open. Three missed throws that would have netted 25 yards each, probably. And it's just, we we missed the throws. And it's just how it's going to be with Carson in. We, look, every week we're going to be on the edge of our seat, sweating it off, damn near about to pass out because of what's going on. But that's just what it's going to be. But at the end of the game, Carson, when we need him to step up, he's going to be able to make some throws and make some plays. And that's just all we need from him. And right when I get into... You know, the, the Detroit game, the injuries that we sustained. So, Fedarian Mathis, he's going to be out for the whole season. It's such a devastating injury. And you just hope that, you know, he has a speedy recovery. This is a young man who just had his, you just drafted. His NFL dream is just beginning. And he made a play. Literally, in the first drive, he had a sack. So, it's it's very unfortunate that this young man is not going to be able to go out there and live out his dream and, and play productive football because that's exactly what he was going to do. I mean, you saw it right in the first you know, first drive of the game. He was making plays. And now we need dudes to step up. So they went out and they signed uh, a defensive tackle, Jeter, uh, Donovan Jeter, I think his name is, a young player. There was talk about maybe going to get a veteran. Come on, we, know, we already know Ron's not going to go get a veteran. He's going to go get some young guy. And... He's not going to go get no veteran. He's just going to go get a young guy. So that's what he did. And I think they're going to be comfortable with Daniel Wise just playing in the meantime as the third defensive tackle and maybe even rotating F.A. Obata in at D-tackle, which they did during the preseason. And once Chase Young comes back, maybe start kicking James Smith-Williams back inside, uh, which he can play as well. So I think we're going to be okay. Another injury, though, knock on wood, Will will really put us in in a situation where we're gonna need to go get an actual an actual good player, you know, someone with some experience, you know, um, and they did the same thing in the cornerback room. They went out and two, got two guys that have four games of NFL experience between the two of them. So we already know what the what the what they're gonna do. They're gonna get these young guys. 
and then in terms of Derek Forrest, I already spoke on it. Derek Forrest played amazing. He was in. He was filling in for Cam Curl. He was all over the ball. Four tackles. He had an interception. He forced a fumble. I mean, he was all over the all over the field. And um, I think that was all the injuries sustained. West Schweitzer came out for a little bit. Like I said, um, for the rest of the game actually. And I think that's just one of those things to keep him healthy. I think next week, Trey Turner's going to get the start because Wes Schweitzer is the backup center and the backup guard for both sides. So they just had him in because Trey Turner's probably not conditioned yet. But expect next week to him for him to be the number one swing guard, swing center uh, next week against Detroit. Um, I think that's it. Jonathan Allen um, was injured at the end of the game, but he says he's fine, so I'm going to take him at his word. We cannot lose Jonathan Allen. I mean, Jonathan Allen played crazy this game. He had the whole de- – and I, just to recap this one more time, every every key player made a play this game. Like, going back to the offense, Carson Wentz made plays. Gibson probably was was on fire. Curtis Samuel made plays left and right. He was making dudes miss, making dudes look silly. Jaden McKissick had the two-point conversion. Jahan Dawson, the two touchdowns. Terry, the big play over the top. Put his back in the game. Defensively, uh, Derek Forrest all over the all over the field. Uh, Jonathan Allen with a sack. Fedarian Mathis with a sack. Montez Sweat was in was in his face all game. Was in Ter- Trevor Lawrence's face all game. Uh, Deron Payton batted the ball down. I think Daniel Wise batted the ball down. These dudes, and I and and I'm saying this now. This defensive line is looks way 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 better. Jeff Zanina is is out there. I don't know what he's doing. He's doing volleyball drills, but these dudes are is out there. They're batting these balls down, so these drills are translating onto the field. So it's one of those things where the coach. I, I think the coaching change from Sam Mills to uh, Jeff Zanina is really gonna be a big impact on this defensive line. One thousand percent. So now, guys, let's talk about this Detroit game. We're going we're going against Detroit. They are coming off a loss against the Eagles, hoping that they were going to be able to pull out that comeback. They just didn't have enough juice at the end. They were getting dominated by essentially, for essentially the whole game, and they started making it interesting. And they were eventually able to get it close, but they just didn't have enough juice at the end. This Detroit team is hungry. We're going into to play them in Detroit, and they sold out last week against Philly. So I wouldn't be surprised if that crowd is just jam-packed once again and that they're it's going to be loud there and they're going to be rooting hard so we need to be prepared and i don't want to underestimate them we can't go in there we need to go in there and set the tone and set the tempo early just like we did against jacksonville get off to a quick start all those all those all those cliche things right protect the ball get off to the fast start 
And one thing that I want to see a little bit more is a little bit more of the running game. Uh, we didn't run the ball super well, and we had Carson Wentz throw the ball 41 times. I think that number needs to be a little bit lower for us to be a little bit more consistent in terms of not turning the ball over and just having cleaner games. I think once we start hitting that 35-plus, we're really risking the chance of Carson Wentz throwing you know, multiple interceptions. And that's just, like I said earlier, that's going to be something that we're going to deal with the whole season. And we just got to get comfortable with it because, I mean, it's going to be hard, but Carson Wentz... He's gonna throw interceptions and he's gonna be he's gonna miss some throws, but that's just how it's gonna be. This this Detroit defense, they have Aiden Hutchinson, but that's pretty much it on their defensive line, you know. And uh, Romeo Aquara, I think they have or whatever. But I just don't. I'm not scared, so I'm really thinking that Carson's gonna have time to go back there, and we're gonna be able to run the ball. He's gonna have time to you know digest the defense, read the defense, and go through his reads and make good throws. So. I expect him to even be even more efficient. We're going to need to stop DeAndre Swift. I mean, that goes without saying. He's their best weapon. Probably could be a top five guy in the league at the running back position. So he's dynamic out of the out of the backfield, running the ball, catching the ball. They have Jamal Williams, Amon St. Brown, DJ Chark. So don't let's not overlook TJ Hawkinson. Let's not overlook this Detroit team and just think it's going to be another walk in the park because this Jacksonville game wasn't a walk in the park. We're going to need to be a little bit cleaner and hopefully be able to win this game a little bit more soundly, which I thought we were going to do against Jacksonville. I thought we were going to run away with it. When we were up 14-3, I was like, man, these boys can't stop us. Then we started running into some problems, the fumble, the two interceptions, da 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 da, da. So the, we're just going to need to be a little bit more consistent, even if that means we settle for field goals instead of fumbles and, and interceptions. Now, um, let's see, let's see. Do they have any injuries that we need to talk about right now? We'll look at that. Romeo Quara, he's, he's on the physically unable to perform list. Uh... Big big Vitae, uh, their guard, he's he's on IR. He's probably not going to play. It looks like they have a lot of guys on here. Um, let's see, anyone else? They still don't have, they're not going to have Jamison Williams, their draft pick. Jamison Williams is still recovering from that ACL that he tore in, in the national championship game. So, um, yeah, so both the Aquara brothers are probably not going to play. They're both questionable right now. But it's Wednesday. It's still super early, so this can completely change. But that's just kind of what I'm thinking of seeing like towards that Detroit game. It's a game that we got to win. And I want to talk about this next span of three games because we saw what happened with um, Dak Prescott. Right, Dak Prescott is going to miss a couple weeks. And D- Dallas has no plans of bringing in a guy to, to you know spell him or to be there and play for the next let's say four weeks right jerry jones said six to eight now he's they're not putting him in ir because they think he can be back in four i seriously i seriously doubt that he's going to be back in four weeks but even if he's gone for four weeks we're going to play them in three so we're probably going to get dallas without dak prescott which was just how it was a couple years ago when we beat them on thanksgiving right dallas has to play Man, and this is why I'm saying this is super important, guys, because the injury to Dak Prescott is huge for our division. That literally just puts us and Philly in the hunt for this division as of right now because Dallas, I think they're done. They're cooked. They lost their starting guard. Uh, Jayon Curtis is is done, too. Dak Prescott is injured. They're already down Tyron Smith. They're in shambles right now, and they did not look good because even when Dak was in the game, they, they only had three points. I mean, they weren't doing anything, and granted, Tampa Bay defense is no joke. They're probably one of the top three defenses in the league, but they only got three points. There, There's no way that I think Dallas is going to be able to recover from this. 
the one thing that I would have that would that would have given them a chance is if they started their season off of like hours schedule and Philly schedule. Look, we're playing. We played Jacksonville, Detroit, week one and two. We play Chicago, what week five, I think, or or six. We play um, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Titans. That's pretty easy. You know, Titans just lost to the Giants. Um, Chicago, I don't expect them to be that good, even though they beat the 49ers. I mean, that game was a disaster in terms of the weather. But the point is, is that we are we were able, we might be able to get off to a two and zero start. Dallas, on the other hand, next week they play Cincinnati. Then after that, they play uh, the Giants and us. And division games can go either way. So they, the Giants just beat Tennessee. They can go ahead and beat Dallas, right? And then they play us. And then week five, they play the Rams. So that would put Dak Prescott coming back week you know, six against the Eagles. I think at absolute best, the absolute best is that Dallas comes out of this the next four games, one and three at best. And I'm thinking they're not going to win any games. They might be 0-5 to start off the season. And that's, you know, that's highly unlikely. You know, they have times of players. and But I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't win another game until Dak Prescott came back. And then who knows if he's going to be good to come, when they come back. Russell Wilson suffered a similar injury last year. And when he came back early, he didn't look that good. So I think that Dallas, they're, they're cooked. They're done. Their season is over. That leaves just us in Philly. Like I was saying earlier, our schedule is way more favorable in the beginning. We just beat Jacksonville, and now we're playing Detroit. If we're able to go into Detroit and beat Detroit, I don't care how it comes, we're going to be 2-0. That's going to set up this Eagles game to be monumental. Probably one of the biggest games in the early, like this early in the season that we've had in a while. You know, we, we might be able to navigate this and start off, get off to an insane start. And I don't want to get ahead of myself and start talking crazy, but it's it's there for the taking, guys. With Dallas losing Dak Prescott, we just got to worry about what we can control, and that's being able to beat Detroit and beat Philly. Those next two games are going to be huge for us because if we come out of this, this three-game stretch right now with Detroit and uh, Philly coming up now, we're going to be 3-0 going against this Dallas team who's going to be without Dak Prescott, we might be 4-0 and coming out of this next four games. And that's that's talking crazy. If we're able to start off the season 4-0, and I will be unbearable. I will literally be unbearable. But one game at a time. This Detroit game, look, Detroit can come and punch us in the mouth. And we're going to be 1-1, one one, have no momentum going into this game three against Eagles, and the Eagles come in and smack us. They looked good. Jalen Hurts was able to run the ball. Uh, A.J. Brown looked dynamic. He was making plays. But their defense didn't stop. I mean, Detroit was able to put 35 points on them. You know, and I feel like we can keep up with teams now. We don't have to beat these teams 17 to 15 anymore. We're going to be able to put up points now. So, super excited for this next couple weeks, guys. Like, it it's going to be super interesting how it's about to play out. I mean, just to look at it one more time, guys, the schedule, right? And I do not want to start... I'm just thinking like long, like over the next month, like what could the possibilities be? We could lose to Detroit and then lose to Philly, and now we're one and two, having to beat uh, Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys, and try just to get back to 500. Or we could beat Detroit next week, and they're favored right now too by two and a half points. The the Detroit Lions, that is, and come back home, and if we're able to handle the Eagles, I don't think there's any way that we 
the only team that's stopping us from getting off to like a three and one start is Philly, in my opinion. And that's not me trying to dismiss Detroit or dismiss Dallas because on any Sunday you can lose a game. But I think we have a realistic shot of coming out of this four game stretch three and one or four and zero, oh, which is insane. And I'm not I'm I want to speak it into existence. But I'm gonna, you know, set my expectations for us to probably finish this four-game stretch three and one, which is still amazing because then we're going against Tennessee and and Chicago, and I don't know about you guys, but Tennessee and Chicago don't don't scare me, and this is exactly why I'm saying that we are gonna win double-digit games this year 100%. Like there, I've the utmost confidence in this team and confidence that I haven't been able to speak on in a long, long time. So. Super excited for what's coming up, guys. Uh, next week, after this Detroit Lions game, I'm going to recap the Detroit game, but I'm also going to uh, do a show. It's still in the works, but I'm, I might uh, ha- have some things working. So we're g- so just stay tuned for that. Like I said, don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. Let's worry about Detroit this Sunday, and let's go out there and get the win, guys. I mean, super, you know, the fan base seems super excited, and that's what I want, man. Like, our, our, our fan base has, we've been, in the down and the dump too long. It's time for us to start winning some games and, and start making some noise because these teams, these media heads, these two dudes online, they don't know nothing about this team and they're saying that we're going to be garbage, that we're going to be mediocre. No shot. We're going to win some games this year, guys. So let, let's let go out to Detroit, start off the 2-0, start piling these wins in the left-hand column, and let's go win this division, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. And look, at the bottom of the description – of this on the Spotify, go leave me a, a question. When you when, when you guys have post-game reactions, questions, anything you guys want me to talk about, go leave it there. I play it on the show. So, you know, when we win, when we lose, send me your thoughts. I'm, I'd love to hear. I'd love to, talk, I'd love to talk to you guys about what's going on with this team. Share the podcast with your friends. Share your podcast with your families. Share them with anybody. Share them online. Uh, like the podcast. Follow it. All that jazz. Thank you guys so much for listening and watching. Maybe. Uh, Thank you guys so much and have a blessed day. I'm out.